Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Bereshis Shvi, the seventh Aliyah in Parshas Bereshis. It is 16 sukkim long, running from Perak Hay, Chavay to Vov Ches. The main topic of our Aliyah is Nach and the decree of the flood. Let's take a look at our Aliyah inside. We hear about next three generations leaving off from where we were, which was Chanach. Now we hear about Mr. Shelach. Mr. Shelach lived 187 years, and then he had Lemech. Then he had 782 years afterwards, um, having children living to 160 years in total. Then we hear about Lemech, who at 182 had a son called Noach. He called him Noach because he says this one will comfort us and give us some degree of respite from the work of our hands because of the curse of Hashem. Um, we hear about uh, Lemech having more children and dying at 77 years old, which is 595 years after having had Noach. We then hear about Noach. Noach, at the age of 500 years, has Shem, Cham, and Yefes. And this, at this point in time, we hear in the Torah that Akadosh Baruch Hu looks down upon the earth and sees that humanity is becoming evil. They have um, daughters, and there are these B'nai Ha'elohim, which sound like, whether, whether it be powerful people, sound of powerful people, some sort of spiritually powerful um, um, people who are utilizing um, their power over others, and they are taking advantage of the, the, the women of those who have less power than them in society. We hear about these Nephilim, these fallen or people create falling in society um, whether it be spiritual agents or whether they be physical people that there's a lot of ter- terrible things in a depraved society um, which sounds like we're living in a society which is which is entitled might is right and as Hashem looks at this he sees all the negativity and all the badness in the human heart and he regrets the way Hashem has a change of of, of practice and becomes the Yitzhak boy becomes saddened by the state of affairs and says, I will have to wipe out the humanity from the ground, from the earth, um, from human to animal to every to avian or to bird to, to aquatic life. And I'm as, as saddened to have created them. That's really the ending of the parasha. A few basic questions to ponder. Um, question number one is, why was Noach called Noach? So Rashi says a very beautiful and remarkable idea, and that is is that with, up, up to this point, if you remember, there was a curse upon humanity in their relationship with ground. Um, that Adam Rishon was cursed, that whatever he would do, it would be very difficult to make ends meet, to, to produce from the earth. So Noach actually invented an incredible, um, an incredible device called the plowshare, where you were able to take a spike pulled by cows or oxen, that would, be, that would open up the earth and make it more accessible for planting and ultimately for producing food. So because he contributed to society, would contribute to society, he was seeing as seen as a person called Nach, making it easier. He brought brought a degree of um, of satisfaction to humankind. However, it's interesting to note that Rabbi Foreman points out that if you look at the next psukim, the next following psukim, it's almost as if every single detail mentioned in those next next psukim are reflective of the negativity of this naming, which is interesting because this is the positive which describes Noach's naming. His name was Noach, he called him Noach, Noach's father. Lemar is saying, He will bring us um, comfort from our actions, and from the sadness of our hands, from the ground, because God, which God had cursed. You look a few psukim later when Hashem is re- reflecting on the earth, all those words come up again. 
we hear about Rabas Ra's Adam Ba'aretz. We hear about the badness of humanity on the land. And then we hear about Then we hear the word Vayinachem. Vayinachem is the word Noach, again, but this time it means Hashem is changing his mind about the way of humanity. And he grew sad in his heart is actually the same word as the sadness of our hands in the naming of Noach. So it's almost as if the naming of Noach catalyzes part of the reason why Hashem is destroying the earth. But why should that be? Why is that the, is that the case? So it is interesting. It goes to it goes down to a very interesting uh, discussion, a debate which is had in the Gemara in Eruvin Daf Yigimol Beis, where the Gemara describes the machlekes between Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel, whether it's Nachlada Mishalinivra Mishalinivra is it better for human being to be created or not be created? And for a few years they voted on this, and finally they 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 came to the conclusion it would be better not to have been created, meaning to say the human being has too much risk, they're going to have the capacity to do to, to too much bad, so it's better not to create them in the first place, which is a rather disappointing um, kind of conclusion because it means that we really are, um, you know, a bit de-evid. We are a post-factor. Now we're here. Um, so, however, the Ishmael Rebbe says a very beautiful thing about Gomorrah, and that is that the Gomorrah does not say whether it is good or not to be created. It doesn't say, Toiv Adam Shalinibra. It's noach lolo adam. The debate is whether it's noach. Noach means pleasant, enjoyable, comfortable. And the question is, is it comfortable to be created? The answer is no. It's not a pleasant experience being a created human being because this world is difficult. There's challenge after challenge. There's difficulty after difficulty. It's not meant to be a pleasant ride. It's not meant to be enjoyable. And therefore, that's what the debate is. Life is not meant for pleasure. And if you think about what was happening with noach, what happened was that humanity had a problem with their relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu had, said, uh, had cursed the earth because of the way that human beings had acted towards him. And instead of trying to bridge that and trying to fix the problem, the spiritual, emotional connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, what they did was they found a technological answer to a theological problem. They said, well, look, we have this difficult reality, which is expressed in the fact that it's hard to farm the earth. So let's find a good technological implement, which will help us do what is a bad situation in an easier way. And that's not the answer. The answer is not Noach. The answer is not to find comfort, not to find an easier way out of life. That is not what God put us here for. And therefore that was seen as almost as if that was the straw which broke the camel's back. As opposed to people coming back to Hashem and saying, why is it that life is so hard? What can we do to make it easier? Ultimately, HaKadosh Baruch Hu saw that human beings were just trying to find a way of making it even easier. Most choices in life are not between good and evil. Most choices are between good and comfortable in life. Convenient and good. And therefore, a person's choice is a, cho- a choice and responsibility to make moral choices, which are usually about good, not about convenient or comfort. That's not what it is. We were not here for Noach. Um, finally, one last point, which is interesting worth noticing, and that is, does Hashem have feelings? This is what's called anthropopathism. Can you attribute pathos, emotions, to the divine? It seems like it is, because in our parsha, in Perek Vav, Pasuk Vav, we hear that Hashem regrets. He became sad in his heart. These are, these are human emotions imposed upon the divine. So is this, is this something we can do? The Ramam says, absolutely not. These are all metaphoric. We cannot understand that God gets, gets sad, that God changes his mind. These do not apply to God. God is infinite. And if you do believe that, if you believe that Akash Baruch Hu gets upset, says the Ramam, if you believe that God has a body part or has emotion and emotions, 
anthropomorphism and anthropopathism, then you have lost your chilek in the olam haba, in the world to come, because that is not a Jewish belief. That's how far the Ramam goes to believe it. It's interesting to note that the rivet, Rabbeinu Avraham, who's a colleague and critic of the Ramam, disagrees. And he says, although it is true, that uh, it's one who's not supposed to believe that God has body parts, but believing such is not considered a a a a, um, a, a, tra- a transgression for which a person would lose the world, their their share in the world to come. Rav Hirsch points out a very important point, and that is, if Hashem wanted to avoid us having the misconception of what God looks like, then He would have not described Hashem would have not used words which describe God as having body parts or feelings in the Torah. The reason why that Hashem does do that is even at the danger of people misunderstanding it and misunderstanding HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there's a da- also a greater danger. And that is, is people thinking that Hashem doesn't care. If a human being sins, does Hashem care? Well, the answer, technically speaking, is Hashem is beyond caring because it's infinite. But if, therefore, the Torah did not put that, then we will come to the mistaken conclusion that it didn't matter to Hashem. Hashem does care about us. He does love us. Hashem does have a relationship with us. And that's important to educate, even at the risk even at the danger, says Rav Hirsch, of perhaps misunderstanding the conceptions of description of our Kaddish Baruch Hu, knowing that we have a relationship with Almighty, which is why the Torah describes it in such terms that Hashem grew upset, because He does care. With this, we conclude the, the parasha. Have a wonderful and meaningful Shabbos.